0: Are we doing the 14 track standard edition? Yes. God, thank goodness.
1: Unless there's a shorter version. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Just do the singles.
0: <laughs> Hello. Hello! You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. I don't speak German, but I can try if you like. This is the podcast in der Scheiße über pop music reden.
1: That definitely wasn't real German, Dan.
0: It, it was, but it probably wasn't said right. And on the turntable this week, we've got Born This Way by Lady Gaga.
1: Uh, Lady Gaga is back on track by track. Thank goodness. She's come to save us all uh, in uh, what month are we in? May. In May
0: 2021. And what year are we in? I think it's 2021. (laughs) In fact, it's definitely 2021, Will, because we are celebrating 10 years of Born This Way, which was released on May the 23rd, 2011.
1: And uh, it's fair to say we've been looking forward to this episode because uh, I'm, I like this album. I'm a fan. Are, are you? Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely love this. I think this might be my favourite Lady Gaga album. Not to give too much away too soon, but it's I think it's a masterpiece. Also, Will, worth being very transparent with the listeners. We very nearly did this one earlier in the year, didn't we? As part of LGBTQ plus history month. But then we decided that we wanted to celebrate the big 10 years later in the year, or now.
1: Uh, And thankfully, we had plenty of other things uh, we wanted to talk about during that month, uh, way back now, in... February. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lady Gaga, otherwise known as Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanotta, uh, has been uh, with us for a long time on the pop scene, and she has... She's done it all, hasn't she? She's won it all. She's done it all. She's won it all. Uh, and then she's packed herself off to the Maldives. So she has won Grammys. She's won uh, Oscars. Uh, she's won... I'm sure she would have even won at the Smash Hits poll winner's party if it was still around.
0: This is how in sync we are, Will. I was literally about to say that. So Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great um, minds. Think of shite. Uh, She'd probably have won a song for Europe as well. Oh, and uh, British Single of the Year, if Westlife hadn't bagged it.
1: Uh, But no, she is a superstar now, um, and still very much with us. (laughs) She's alive. No, but last year released Chromatica, which I'm sure we'll get to in Track by Track 2025. Um, which we'll probably be recording next week I'd imagine if we keep going
0: at this rate going at an alarming rate we'll be doing our Christmas special soon
1: and Dan I'm sure it's going to come up later in the episode so I just wanted to get this out of the way now Uh, you have eaten at her family restaurants
0: I have yes I wasn't going to bring it up well I probably would have brought it up but yeah Joanne's in New York I have eaten there twice it is my favourite place to eat in New York I've only been twice but it's wonderful going back in September going to be back there again Um, yeah if you haven't been whether you're a fan of Lady Gaga or not wonderful Italian American food there
1: what's so so wonderful about it what's your favourite dish Dan's dish of the day
0: Dan's dish of the day I have to say the mains are great Will but they do a homemade tiramisu that is to die for so don't go there and not have the tiramisu save room for your pudding don't fill up on garlic bread. No, don't. Don't do or what I did last time. Or breadsticks. I, I got a picture of um, lager and filled up on that before the meal. Absolutely ridiculous thing to do. Really annoyed at myself, actually. So will not we doing that next
1: time? A picture picture of lager? You're not in the bloody slug and lettuce now, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You didn't make a fool of yourself in there as well, did you? Uh, yeah, I, stumped, I went to go into the bathroom I thought the door was a little bit you know needed a bit of a jiggle to get in there so I pushed my way through I actually broke it off the latch and Lady Gaga's mum was sat on the lavvy
1: and oh, you sat on her lap
0: and it looked like she was on the edge of glory as well So.
1: dear uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear Right, so we're talking about Born This Way today, which is the second uh, studio album from Lady Gaga. This uh, was released back in May 2011, as Dan said. I was listening, it was 10 years ago, so it's 10 years of celebrating this episode.
0: Well done for listening.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, It is a generous length, uh, and it's got a lot on there. And we've also got some further listening, which is going to have a bit of a remix theme, I believe, this week, Dan
0: yeah there was a whole remix album do you know what will it's so good i don't want to spoil anything i don't want to blow our load too soon but it's so good i think at some point we could do the whole born this way remix album but that's for another time
1: so that's all coming up on your tuesday track by track
0: dan would you like to do the honors i would love to so side one track one marry the Night." So, Marry the Night there, and this album has started out strong. And I'm going to say it, Will, I'm going to get it out there straight away. She absolutely, categorically has set out her stall for this incredible album. Would you agree?
1: I do. And in terms of, like, the Lady Gaga canon, what would you say this album was? What phase of her career was this?
0: Yeah, that's a good one, actually, because I meant to say before, when you said that this is the second studio album, it absolutely is. But of course, we had the fame and then we had the fame monster, which was sort of the re-release, the additional eight or nine songs on that EP or mini album or whatever you want to call it. And I think she'd already moved from sort of big pop star into some sort of darker dance beats. And then I think this is her really playing around with almost like Berlin club music and rock music as well Uh, and lots of other things thrown in here. And I, I don't know about you. Well, I've liked everything she's done since, but for me, this is my favourite Gargar studio album.
1: I think, on balance, it probably is because there's some great stuff to be picked, pick and mix almost from the uh, from the subsequent albums. But on the on the whole, it feels like we're finishing. This is the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, on the whole, it's been a great. We're out of time. at Track by Track UK. Bye. No it's yeah on on the whole it's the best collection i think it really hangs together really well and i think this is a great start i love the kind of false start with the kind of slow and then it kicks off and then it really kicks off and i just love that guitar guitar synth that's running all the way through this song
0: yeah i love uh, likewise the opener is very misleading and then it, you get taken on all these dramatic twists and turns um and Gaga herself likened to this as something like a love child between Whitney and Bruce Springsteen, which I can hear what she's saying there. She's got incredible, powerful vocals, but also that rockier edge as well throughout it. Do you think it's a bit Euro poppy as well, this one? Oh, definitely. And I think Euro pop is it's, this album is like Euro pop and rock and roll fighting each other it's like the battle scene and it's this is how it sounds i think throughout and sometimes you hear more of one than the other but i think yeah massive on europop definitely
1: Uh, and the video was quite a big deal as well wasn't it
0: yeah i mean she her videos have always been i mean her entire visuals have always been a big part of the package haven't they but from this they're they're more like mini movies really aren't they than music videos yes And do you remember the X Factor performance of this song, Will?
1: No. Did she climb up onto the judge's desk?
0: (laughs) Did she? No, she did not. But a couple of years before, she did that (laughs) phenomenal performance of Bad Romance where they had the bathtub on stage and all things like that. It was amazing. And then for this one, she was dressed in this weird costume where it looked like she was carried, like she'd been decapitated and was carrying her own head and she stepped out of one of those uh you know in the olden days when they used to carry the king and queen people would run and pick up the little box that they were in i think yeah. she stepped out of one of those but because she was in this massive elaborate costume she couldn't really move around the stage and i don't think she had anyone on stage with her so i have to say as much as i love gaga and this album and her performances in general it was a little bit of an anticlimax
1: bit of a misstep there and this would have been when
0: x-factor is still very relevant very popular watched by a lot of people as well definitely and i seem to think that you know i popped on twitter afterwards to see what, what everyone was saying and i think there was a bit of it didn't quite have the same effect as that first performance or the bad romance performance i should say
1: and well 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 this was a single this was the last single to be released from the album fifth single to be released got to number 16 in the uk singles chart uh, uh, such as the law of diminishing returns and singles releases that it even strikes Lady Gaga.
0: Strikes her down from time to time. <laughs> and on the track, Will, co-writing, I have to say, Gaga writes all the songs in this album and co-produces them as well. And then on the co-writing produce on this one, you have Garibay. And Garibay was known as the official and do an inverted uh, quote marks, here, will, official producer of the album. And he was the musical director of the Born This Way Ball, which I've seen alive a couple of times. I didn't go to this show. It was meant to be spectacular. Um, but Garibay, his earliest work includes Enrique's uh, Balamos and Ricky Martin's Shake Your Bonbon. Uh, but more recently, he's worked with Sia and Steve Aoki, amongst many others.
1: Track number two now, and this is. Get ready this way. I'm here, So Born This Way there, this is a huge anthem. And I remember when this was first released, it was everywhere, wasn't it? It was in the club. It was in the pub. It was in your flat. It was on your cat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was everywhere. And there was so much anticipation, wasn't there? Because like we said... The previous new songs were part of the Fame Monster, so they weren't exactly a new era of Lady Gaga. But this was absolutely Chapter Two, and I have to say, for me, it did not disappoint at all. There was nothing I would have changed about it. I think it was the absolutely perfect change of sound or moving on from her from her previous sounds, but also so Lady Gaga, and so what she was about as well.
1: I would say, rather than the change of sound, it was a really good evolution. It just felt like everything was bigger, not just the production, but the image, the promotion, the video. It was like Lady Gaga was saying, you ain't seen nothing yet compared to the first era. This is, we're going to go for it now. And I think it really cemented her position as a superstar and not just a brilliant pop star.
0: Yeah. And the fact that they she then used that platform to write and sing about acceptance and equality uh, as this song does not just about as we said before she's a huge lgbtq plus activist but also about race everything you know she was just saying it was was just a a real hug it was a big hug to her little monsters and the rest of the world i'd say will but also to to deliver that with this fantastic again euro pop euro disco a fantastic Almost a dance anthem in itself before it had all the amazing remixes that came with it. It was just, um, it was fantastic. But did draw quite a few potentially uh, controversial comparisons, didn't it?
1: Yes, uh, I definitely came in for a bit of flack uh, in being
0: compared to Express Yourself. From Madge, lovey. And I remember, I think around the time madonna was asked about it and she said that she could hear the comparisons and then i seen i don't know if i saw a video of lady gaga crying about it or if i read that she cried about it apparently she was quite upset by that and i have to say as much as i love gaga as much as i love the song i think you can't deny the comparisons in the message and also the music's similar as well
1: it is but i would take that as something very as a loving nod rather than something that's being ripped off
0: completely yeah And behind this song, Will, on the co write, you have got DJ White Shadow, uh, who's done lots and lots of remixes for the likes of Pitbull and Estelle, and of course, lots of Gaga, but also went on to keep collaborating with her on Art Pop and even A Star is Born. We've also got Jeppy Loresen, and this is something I learned from uh, the research for doing this episode. This is what I love about Track by Track. Well, a few other things as well. Uh, Jeppy Loresen. thank you very much. He was the senior in junior, senior. Really? And
1: who was the senior in junior, senior? No, he was the senior. No, so who was the senior? No, who was the junior (laughs) in senior, junior, junior, senior?
0: I will. Do you know what? If I was more of a professional podcaster, I probably would have found that out.
1: And word to the wise listeners, don't get your juniors and your seniors mixed up. (laughs) This was a huge worldwide hit. So number one in the UK, number one in the US, of course, but number one across most of Europe, Canada, Canada, uh, and everywhere, really. Uh, So to say this struck a chord with the world, I know that sounds a bit of a grand statement, but it's true.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. And I can't wait until we can dance to it again. It's not too far to go now Will Subject to government guidance Talking of which
1: Will Track 3 Government Hooker And Dan, your auntie actually was a government hooker, wasn't <laughs> she? She used to hang around outside the Houses of Parliament at uh, the end of the day.
0: Yes, she did. And do you know who her most frequent customer was? Actually, Will
1: uh, John Prescott, Margaret
0: Thatcher. Oh, good for her, actually. Mm. And apparently, the lady was for turning. It turns out.
1: <laughs> so this is—I love this track down because it's so different to the first two big dance pop singles. It's a bit dirtier. It's a very sleazy affair. Uh, it's got some wonderful electrical touches to it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is one of my joint favourite songs on the album and has been ever since I first heard it. And it's because I just loved how much she was experimenting with, with the sound already by track three. And I think, you know, I already loved her as a pop star. I loved paparazzi. I loved Poker Face, all of that. But... As we've said many times on the podcast before, I love it when a pop star or an artist pushes themselves and experiments and involves, involves, evolves, involves maybe. And, you know, I don't like it when people just want the same old thing again. I don't like it when people create the same old thing again. And this is just so strange, really, for a For a pop song. It sounds a bit like Kraftwerk. It sounds a bit like Europop. It sounds like a Gaga song. It's weird and it's wonderful.
1: And I think it is a bit techno-y, but it can't be pigeonholed, can it? And I think I love that about, you know, a lot of Lady Gaga songs. They're just, you know, they really cr- straddle the genres uh, and, you know, are what they are what they are in their own right.
0: Definitely. And not only that, but also thinking about the song title and the song themes. It's not your average pop song. And just, you know, seeing that title when you first bought the album, Government Hooker, You'd just be so intrigued to find out what that was about. Uh, and then there are the lyrics about Put Your Hands On Me, John F. Kennedy. So alluding to the the Marilyn Monroe scandal. I guess the song then is about female empowerment. It's, it's great. It's an anthem. It's brilliant. And on the songwriting on this one will DJ Snake, who has worked with Ooh. the likes of Diplo and Major Lazer. And also, funnily enough, remixed Junior Seniors' Move Your Feet. Uh, And also Clinton Sparks, who's worked with Akon and Soldier Boy, amongst others. You're not a fan of snakes, Will?
1: I can't. Honestly, just the thought of a snake just sends a cold shiver down my spine. Have you never held one? No. Oh, oh, absolutely horrible. Don't like the thought of it wriggling around in your hands. No. I know what you're doing, Dan, (laughs) and I'm not going to take the bait.
0: (laughs) don't know what you mean.
1: So on to track number four now.
0: No, no, no.
2: Judas.
1: And I think it's time to make a special track-by-track announcement. Oh. So a lot of people have been asking... um, We always talk about the boy from the chip shop. Mm. Um, But a lot of people want to know what his name is.
0: And we're going to reveal it. And we can reveal that it actually is... Moses. (laughs) Moses Hitler. (laughs) So, Judas, what a... what an in-your-face song this is. And I seem to remember well, I don't know if you remember this as well, I think when it was first released, people were likening this to a sort of Eurovision sound.
1: No, I don't remember that, but, but were they? Do tell me more.
0: I'm sure they were, because it is, again, it's very in keeping with the album, but it's got a much poppier sound, particularly on the chorus. That's so kind of uplifting, fast-paced, very synthy, almost 80s-esque in places. Uh, and this is the first collaboration on the album with Red One as well, who, of course... Red One! <laughs> Gargaard worked with many times before this on the first album. Also, he's worked with MJ, 1D, U2, J-Lo. That's all the uh, examples I had that could be shortened in that way. But yeah, I think it's it's very poppy and... Your vision in places but then actually there's got a, a real deep brooding production that comes from particularly the middle eight it goes almost not dubstepy, but it goes a lot more kind of in that direction
1: and obviously Judas as a name is associated with betrayal uh, which is obviously a very much a theme and a symbol through this track Dan uh, can you remember what your biggest betrayal was
0: One of the many, many, many times when you've thrown me under the bus on this podcast, Will, probably.
1: Oh, that's just podcast fodder, isn't it? It's nothing serious. We make light of it, don't we, afterwards?
0: Well, I have a little cry, but...
1: And you sent me that really long text message that I just then reply with a thumbs up to.
0: (laughs) Or a K. (laughs)
1: So this was the second... This is the follow-up. And what I love about this is it's so different to Born This Way. Not just in production, but in tone and in style and in the way she sings it as well.
0: Yeah, completely different and yet still a bop. And I don't think this one really goes down in history as one of her most successful singles or maybe not even her one of uh, Little Monster's favourite singles. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I love this one. I've always loved this one because I just thought it was, again, her kind of ripping up the rule book about what she can sing about and how that can sound. Also, Will, this is my first memory of when an artist very quickly uh, released songs from an album, which, of course, now is very much the thing to do ahead of the album coming out. You might get five or six tracks released in quick succession. But this came out just a few, I think just a couple of months, actually, after Born This Way. And then within a few weeks, you had a couple more singles or promotional tracks as well.
1: Uh, this got to a shocking number eight in the
0: charts. I know I say a lot. It was a different time, but 10 years ago, is this the start of streaming really taking off and and therefore the start of, you know, less single sales? And that's why it didn't get higher. Dan, 10 years ago was 2011. I would like to think that streaming was a thing. <laughs> oh, it was definitely a thing, but there was no <laughs> Apple Music then, for example uh so so spotify maybe our only streaming or napster is napster a thing
1: i don't know dan it sounds like you're not sure so i would uh shut
0: up not draw a veil over that draw draw a veil over there's a nicer way to say no no you said shut up you said shut up (laughs) well would you (laughs) (laughs) i will we'll introduce the next song
1: so track uh number five now uh is uh how you like your coffee dan it's flat white. <laughs> 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 I your- A medikan. your favorite is a frothy
0: coffee i do like a frothy coffee more milk than coffee actually please will
1: oh really otherwise i'm up all night semi-skimmed
0: oh no jersey cream
1: i'll trust you (laughs) to have to drink your coffee with a spoon (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) no it's a oat milk flat white. if anyone just want to buy us a coffee there's that thing isn't there that some people put on their bio buy me a coffee um we don't we don't do that do we will
1: no, no, I think it's a bit cheeky.
0: But if you do want to buy us a coffee, do let us know at track track UK. Actually, we'd probably prefer a gt T.
1: Yeah, I'll just send us a bottle of gin, for God's sake. Just do it properly. Uh, this is Americano. This is a very, quite overdramatic, quite a uh, camp extravaganza, isn't it?
0: Yeah, extravaganza is a great word for it. It's so... It, it sounds like it's from a film, doesn't it? Or a musical.
1: Yeah, I've got I've got visions of a music video with like a big town square of villagers who are all joining in a dance. It's not mamma mia before you ask. Uh that's your thing. Um well, I do enjoy it as well, but that's not not for now. <laughs> um but you know where everybody joins in and uh I love that do you think And this might be a bit intellectual for us but do you think the bilinguality of this track
0: also maybe speaks to bisexuality oh well that's very intelligent and i would say in a way yes probably gargoyle's a very intelligent woman she's very cryptic as well she's a fantastic songwriter and lyricist and poet so i'm sure there are many hidden meanings in there and also it was influenced by um california's proposition eight which uh, prohibited same sex marriage as well as themes of um, immigration and things like that. So I would, I would not be surprised, Will, if for once your analogy was quite right, actually.
1: Uh, obviously, we don't like to go too deep with um, the songs we talk about on here oh, much. God, no. To keep it light. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> like my frothy coffee. Also, well, I have to just say, I said it sounds like it's from a film. It was included in a film, Puss in Boots.
1: Uh, You do love uh, a naked woman wearing long uh, thigh-length boots.
0: (laughs) I do, but this was the uh, animated tale of a cat. (laughs) Not just the tail, the whole cat, actually. And co-writing this one with Gaga is Brian Lee. Brian has worked with some iconic girl bands from Fifth Harmony's Work From Home. A banger. Boom to Blackpink's Lovesick Girls.
1: Track number six now. Uh, and we've all got it, for the most part. Hair. And some people have got a lot of it, some people have got a bit less
0: and that's okay each to their own.
1: Some people are absolutely covered in it. Dan
0: <laughs> I was gonna say bears, but uh <laughs> not the same thing whatsoever before everyone comments. yeah this one well I think the thing that stands out to me from this one is the sacks. And it is, of course, from the legendary Clements Clemens. Clemens Clemens? Is that his name? Clarence Clemens, not Clemens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good, they named him.
0: <laughs> the legendary saxophonist of Bruce Springsteen's well, it's not that legendary. E Street Band, who has since sadly passed away. Um, Sorry. but I think what a coup for Gaga to have him on this album not only on this song is going to appear later on as well uh, but I think it just really gives the song kind of a driving rock thing and she has said about this song she was inspired by things like Kiss and Iron Maiden but then you have again got that production it's Red One again on this one and that electronic production just just creates what it is
1: and I love that line, I am my hair, this this idea that you own your own hair in more respects than one, To the amount of money some people pay on their hair. But it's very personal, isn't it? And it's the it's yours. It's yours to own. It's yours to do with what you want.
0: Exactly. But I think what I was really surprised to read while researching this episode, uh, this was released as a promotional single, but charted at 13 in the UK. I had no idea that this charted.
1: Now, I didn't realise it was such a big success as a, as an actual release. But I know we were talking about this earlier and I and I really like this song and you less so, but still all right about it all. But I just, I think it's an absolute banger. I love the way it goes off at the chorus. It's pure euphoria. And again, total empowerment. Here's one for you now, Dan. Track seven. Scheisse. We should've been asked to be clear this been used to
2: I'll take you out tonight, so whatever you like. Shall we shaz- be mine mine, Shall that be mine? Put on a show tonight, do whatever you like, shall we shaz- be mine mine, shall there be mine? When I'm on a mission, I rebuke
1: Could be in a Berlin basement bar uh, on the dance floor, going for it to that, couldn't we?
0: We could, and hopefully one day we will be. Will I think Berlin is on quite at the top of our list of places to visit together, isn't it?
1: Yes, on the track by track roadshow.
0: And if you'd like to join us, do tune in. We'll be broadcasting live. <laughs>
1: This is one of my favourite songs on the album. I love the German tongue.
0: Oh, are you experienced in German tongue? Uh, No comment. Do you speak German?
1: I don't speak German, but I'll give it a go (laughs) using Duolingo.
0: (laughs) It is great. I love the spoken word—the part German, part English. The whole sound, again, so many new things going on in here. It's it is still electro. There's still disco influences. There's still incredible synths, but it's a whole new thing. It's so um, intense, this one, for want of a better word, in a great way.
1: It is very intense. It's very hard, isn't it? Very full on. And I think just the full gamut of dance that this album takes in, whether it's like Europop, techno, uh, something a more disco-y. This is a bit more like Hard House and trance as well. But I just think the way it's it's just a quality production, isn't it? It's just done very
0: well. Absolutely. And just the, a song called Scheiser on your album, you know, I don't want to make too many Madonna comparisons, but, you know, this was unexpected for a pop star. And if you think about the people that came before Gaga and thinking about those first few singles, uh, Just Dance and poker face you you could have imagined maybe she would have gone down a similar route as you know britney or even christina but when christina even when christina was dirty she wasn't singing about scheisse and i think like really madonna is the only person that you can really like in gaga too because think about erotica and her sex book and things like that they they push the boundaries and they their career is bigger than one part of it they're not just songwriters or artists or actresses they are everything and obviously Scheiße means shit in <laughs> german Just to be very clear
1: <laughs> 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 or did it not need
0: to be said it's been said now will <laughs> it's been said Do you know what there probably was one person listening that thought oh, god i wish i knew what scheiße meant
1: but I think after all you talking about squatting on glass tables and things, it was probably clear.
0: No, that was when the song was playing well, but that wasn't on the episode.
1: <laughs> Not going to be included in the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. Track number eight now, and this is Bloody Mary. Bloody no, no, Mary. No, no. Bloody Mary there, and the most ballad-like track yet, but still an incredible electronic production. And I love—I think the melody of this song is just stunning, particularly on the bridge and the chorus, and that kind of the backing vocals—the monk-like wail, wail as in like a wailing voice, not a a, a a big fishy mammal. I love this one. Well, I think this is one of my favourites on the album, but I have to say. This is one of the ones I'd kind of forgotten about before revisiting the album for this episode.
1: I like that it's a bit more mid-tempo. And also another reason to love this album is this track being the uh, closest we're going to get to a ballad is really saying something that it's a mid-tempo dance track like this. Mm. And I'm very happy about that. Of course.
0: Yeah. Even though you've been opening up a little bit more to some stripped back things. songs precious 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 lily (laughs) opening up (laughs) my lily is precious i I will not not enter (laughs) um I (laughs) i have to say will though i absolutely love a bloody mary and particularly with a brunch are you a fan
1: I'm not a fan of a Bloody Mary, but I do like a boozy brunch. And Dan, I think some of our best times socially mm. together with other people as well, yeah. also there, it's not a have been at some boozy brunches.
0: Yeah. Now, history corner actually, Will. Do you know which Queen Bloody Mary was? Mary, Queen of Scots. Very close. Mary the I of England. Daughter of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. But she had people burned at the stake in their hundreds. So quite a nasty piece of work, it turns out. You said that
1: with a big smile on your face, Dan. Like, you were very approving of that.
0: It was a different time.
1: And if you, Dan, if you do fancy burning some people at the stake, I've got a list, actually, that I'll email to you. Oh. So let's move on, shall we? Track... Uh, number nine now uh, Black Jesus and Amen Fashion
0: oh no lovey we're doing the other version aren't
1: we oh sorry yeah sorry what is it Stupid Cow track number nine now this is Stupid Cow
0: <laughs> <laughs> you. I'm, I'm a selfish punk I really should be smacked
2: my parents died till they got divorced cause I ruined
1: Bad kids there. We've all seen them in the park, not socially distancing, mm. uh, kicking the ball over the hedge,
0: underage hogging smoking, the, hogging the swings,
1: oh, underage smoking.
0: Yeah. What do we do about f- them, Will?
1: Finger blasting behind the bike sheds.
0: Or is that a new game that I don't know about, I assume? Is it like Pogs <laughs> or something? Tiddlywinks?
1: Well, I'll say yes.
0: <laughs> and what do you do about the bad kids, Will? How can we sort them out?
1: You give them a good slap.
0: Wasn't that a song, What Are We Going To Do About The Kids?
1: No, it was picture Boys, What Are We Going To Do About The Rich?
0: Oh, that was it, yeah.
1: So, Bad Kids there. This is a great, uh, this is the first time I've said it, a great album track.
0: Again, I can't believe how in sync we are, because my first note is, this is the first time saying this is definitely an album track, uh, but a great one.
1: And you can't accuse me of looking at your notes because we're not in the same place. We're not even in the same location. No. We're even in the same city, actually, no.
0: No. And these notes we don't share. They're very personal. We put our innermost thoughts into these notes, don't we? I certainly do, anyway. Very private things in there.
1: In fact, Bridget Jones's diary.
0: (laughs) More like Lady Chatterley's lover. And, Will, I'm a twit. Degenerate, young rebel, and I'm proud of it. Really love the lyrics of this one.
1: Oh, sorry. I thought you were just stating facts.
0: <laughs> How dare you? Um, some good guitar in this one as well. It's quite grungy in a way. And I think that kind of really plays to the bad kids feel of this one. Will, were you a bad kid?
1: No, I was an angel.
0: I don't believe that for a second.
1: I was mummy's little angel.
0: The strops you have been pulling lately. I bet you was all right right terror.
1: And Dan, weren't you were daddy's little boy, weren't you? Daddy's little angel.
0: I still can be, if the price is right.
1: Higher or lower? (laughs) Didn't he do well?
0: So, track number 10. Let's move on. This is Highway Unicorn, Road to Love. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so that was Highway Unicorn wrote her love there, and as fun as that title is, uh, I think it's a fantastic time to talk about the incredible album artwork, and it really is something on this album. Uh, and if I was to say to you, Dan, Lady Gaga is a motorcycle, you'd I think th- I was—you'd think I'd gone crazy.
0: Yeah, well, you've said crazier things, Will, but I definitely would have. Yeah, would have been one more uh, tick box next to you going in the Looney bin.
1: Uh, but she literally is a beautiful... I, what make is
0: that motorcycle? Why would why on earth would you think I know anything about motorcycles or vehicles?
1: Uh, but anyway, I think it's very... It's just mad. I think it's as bonkers as some of the tracks on this album, which is great. And I love the fact that Born This Way is in a very, in a very shiny, silvery uh, logo along the top. But also, Gaga's hair is brilliant and it's all over the place. It's very very big hair
0: and lovely luscious red lips
1: but you know that hair though you know it's she's looking wild like she's just been on the M5 and she got blown off <laughs> <laughs> lucky gal which you once got <laughs> you once got blown off on the M1 didn't you Dan uh
0: well at the service station just off it little, little chef no he was a uh, gardener cash in hand
1: Well, he didn't have cash in his hand on that occasion, did
0: he? And he wasn't green-fingered
1: But Dan, what do you think of this track? For me, it's just a bit of a much of a muchness A nothing of a nothingness
0: I have to say, yeah, well, I agree This is, for me, the most album track And I think, I hope Little Monsters won't have me burned at the stake for saying this But I find the title really clunky
1: Yes, it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? bit like your little chef, Dan. <laughs> it oh, he's a gardener, sorry.
0: <laughs> it doesn't really flow either. Well, the title, I mean, the song itself, it's, it's, it's very poppy. I actually, it's one of those songs where I prefer the verses and the bridge to the chorus itself. The chorus is almost too poppy, but there's some stunning bridge work. More stunning bridges than the Thames, you could say, Will.
1: More stunning bridge work than my Booper Dentist.
0: Oh, you did have to name drop there, didn't you? That you are on private healthcare. Only the best for the track by track team.
1: So let's move on now to track number 11, and this is Heavy Nettle Lover. heavy yeah, metal lover oh, there it's <laughs> still still going you just had a little snatch there we really enjoyed this we were singing along uh with the oo 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 oo's uh this is my favorite song on the album
0: i'm not surprised will and this was i think this and government hooker are the two that i played on repeat after this album came out such a good song maybe this one quite you know just edges it i'm not sure but yeah what is it about this one that you love
1: I love, uh, it's just a real, I mean, it's electronic heaven in terms of the synths and the sound effects. And you called out this, there's a lovely bit at the start, isn't it? When it just really kicks in. Mm.
0: Um,
1: But I also like that it's really offbeat. It doesn't sound like anything else on the album.
0: And quite ironically, it's called Heavy Metal Lover. And there are lots of heavy metal inspired songs throughout the album. But this is the most Electro that we get, I think.
1: I think it's a piece of art, actually, more more than just an amazing pop song, just because of the way it's put together. And it's not just about her singing, it's about the treatment and the way her voice is is, is uh tampered with as well.
0: Definitely, and of course, she is an amazing vocalist, and you know, she's got a fantastic range, and live, she's just as good, if not better than she's on record, but quite right this song is not about her showcasing her vocals it's about her as an artist and the production and the poetry of the lyrics and yeah just it, it creates this thank thank goodness she's not one of those artists who just wants to belt songs out all the time and showcase her her vocal she's quite happy doing something like this which is equally if not more so impressive
1: Okay, track number twelve now, and this is electric chapel. If you want me, me at
2: electric chapel.
0: 12 electric chapel there and will there are a few uh, inspirations for this song not my words but the words of gaga supposedly or maybe some of the reviews of the time i did read that gaga was channeling duran duran for this song <laughs> true, no it's true also inspired by the b52s for part of it as well and no, share. you're making up. You're gonna,
1: no, no, you're, no, you're going to say the Pet Shop Boys now, aren't you?
0: No, no, and not the Spice Girls either. But that's all very true, as well as Billy Idol, as well, which is by the by. But surely, therefore, this should be my favourite song on the album and one of my favourite Gargoyle songs. And it is up there for the album, but it's it's not quite my favourite. But I love those influences, and 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 I think you know they are there. You can hear them.
1: I think it's a little bit too downplayed for my liking. I enjoyed the juxtaposition of the electric guitar and the church bell in it, but I'd have preferred It's her voice is quite muted in it. And I know it's nice to have that in the flow of an album, but I'd have
0: loved it a bit more. Oh, so interestingly, yeah. I, I, Yeah, her vocal definitely downpaired, even more so maybe than the previous song, but, but I quite like it. I also love how it's kind of incredible edgy guitar in this one but also you've got that robotic beat going through it. And I suppose that is kind of what you do expect from something like the B-52s or Duran Duran. So what a what a great time to talk about Duran Duran for a change <laughs> on Trap High Track. For a change, cheeky
1: beggar. Uh, track number 13 now, you and I. Something, Me and you. Something like.
2: about the chase. <laughs> Six whole years. <laughs> oh so New York, I'm born to
0: So you and I there, we mentioned before about how we had the most ballad-like yet track on the album, but this one is the real big power ballad of the album. And not only because it's sort of stripped back a little bit more, but the instruments in this one is less electronics. It's all about those organic instruments, the piano, but also you've got that incredible iconic beat sampled from We Will Rock You, and you've got the wonderful Brian May on electric guitar here. It's something very different for the album but again i think it fits really well
1: uh it is and also the uh artwork features uh gaga's alter male alter ego joe calderoni as well
0: oh is that his name
1: Mm, didn't you know that
0: i did not know that i do like the artwork though i think it's very iconic i think it's almost iconic and underrated at the same time if that's possible
1: it is. And also I like the position of this track in the album where it brings things down a little bit before the final track.
0: And this one was produced by Robert Mutt Lang, who is the former husband of Schneider Twain and produced a lot of her stuff. Also co-wrote and produced Everything I Do, I Do It For You. And I think it just shows, again, we talked on Heavy Metal Lover about how it's not all about her vocal. It's about how her production and her as an artist. But this one it kind of it is all about the vocal and it is all about the performance and she nails it. And I just think when I when I listened to this early today, I thought this would be beyond euphoric at Glastonbury. If she headlined, this would be a big moment. And surely she has the headline Glastonbury at some point. Do you think or do you think she's too pop? Oh,
1: that's a big question uh, this far into the album, Dan. I just don't know, actually.
0: I've really like toyed with it in my head. Part of me thinks she's too pop. And I've mentioned before that I saw her play in the middle of the afternoon on the other stage years ago and it got a big crowd. But then I think, well, they've had, um, they have had Beyonce headlining they've had other things, you know, poppier things than this. And she is an established artist and she's huge. So surely she could do it. And surely she should do it.
1: The debate continues. Uh, and why don't we continue that, um, conversation whilst we listen to the last track on the album but we're going out with a bang this is edge of glory There. what an end to the album I mean that Peter out is nowhere to be seen with this I love the almost understated euphoria of that track
0: yeah that's a great way to put it actually because you've got you know the incredible saxophone again from Clarence Clemens and this was actually his last recording I do believe that was released as a song or released as a single um, so what an incredibly strange honour for Gaga to have for that but yeah it's kind of driving rock meets euro pop but you know it's not the biggest thing on this album but at the same time it's, it's it's a special song I think it's it's stunning
1: So this uh was the third single from the album and uh, lots more hair on the cover of this uh, of this single uh, and this was a uh, I mean it was a hit of course it was a hit I uh, got to number six in the uk and number three in the US as well, did phenomenally well.
0: And stunning live. I've, man- I've not seen this one live myself, but I've seen, you know, the full, the studio version like this goes off, but also she does a very stripped back version of it as well. And again, showcasing that incredible vocal.
1: Uh, and just a word on the album performance before we go on to further listening, as this is the last track. And I have to say it was uh, received mixed uh mixed reviews uh ranging from the absolutely uh shining shiningly positive to ones that called it mm, maybe not her best and maybe a little bit mediocre and the likes of the guardian gave it four out of five nme gave it eight out of ten the q magazine three out of five so it was uh yeah mixed reception but it was a huge hit album for her uh and did brilliantly it got to number one in the uk and us album charts as well as across much of the world so we're on to some further listing now dan you mentioned remixes at the start kick us off with the first selection dan
0: okay so i am going to go for it might come as no surprise after i talked a lot about the influences of the original song this is electric chapel and this is the two-door cinema club remix So that's the Two Door Cinema Club remix of Electric Chapel. What I really loved about this is that if you think about some of uh, the Two Door Cinema Club songs we've talked about recently, most recently would have been things like Talk and Dirty Air. I think they really channel their own electronic 80s influences into this track. And I think it works perfectly, especially given actually this would have been quite near the start of their career. Will, what do you think to this one?
1: Well, first of all, what a coup for them to remix Lady Gaga when she's at the peak of her game. But also, I love the fact that its it sounds like very much like their remix, but at the same time, I think it does keep the the song intact. But I love some of those lo-fi electric uh, treatments they've applied to it. Very nice. Thank you, Will. And what have you got? So, so much to choose from. So... I haven't gone for the Hurt's remix of Judas. I haven't gone for the Horrors remix of Bloody Mary. I haven't gone for the Goldfrap remix of Judas. I haven't gone for the Foster the People remix of The Edge of Glory. I haven't gone for the Weekend remix of Marry the Night. I haven't gone for uh, the Metronomy remix of You and I. Honestly, this I can't believe how much talent is on display just in the remix. So, Dan, what I have gone for, what I can tell you uh, (laughs) is I have gone for the Grum remix of Born This Way. (laughs) a quintessential grum production for sure there and i just love their precision math pop math dance kind of thing where they are really it's just so such a quality production and they do this brilliant understated dance music so well that builds and builds and i think it's that remix is a great example
0: yeah i agree i love how it takes a sort of humming droning bass focuses on that and then kind of sprinkles it in glitter as well. And also, worth pointing out, um, we talked about the Born This Way remix album. This wasn't even from that. This was from one of the B-sides of the single. There were so many amazing remixes that they couldn't even fit them all on the album. You can literally spend hours just devouring these remixes. And I'm sure we will.
1: Privately. We're out of time. What an epic lady gaga chat we've had today well depending on how much it gets edited down but it's been (laughs) an epic lady gaga chat today
0: so do let us know your thoughts on the album on the episode on the remixes which are your favorites at track by track uk
1: and do give us a moment to give us a positive rating and a review on apple Podcasts, and also follow us over there please Dan, we carry on next week. Who's coming up next on Track By Track?
0: So next week we are talking about the debut album from a production dance duo. They haven't remixed Gaga as far as I know, but they have remixed a lot of our other favourites. And one of the members is also a member of one of our favourite bands ever.
1: So until next time, I've been Clemens Clemens.
0: And I have been junior and senior.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. He does like to post pictures of what he's done. Not excrements. <laughs>
0: A new fragrance from there. Pebble Dash. From Trap by Track. <laughs>